what time it is. Yes, sir. We back again, y'all. Episode 24. Give you the heat. All as usual. You know, my name is Sonny Teray. I'm Akita G. And we are happy, happy, happy once again to be here with y'all, for y'all joining us. Shout out to y'all real quick, you know what Yeah, I'm shout out to the folks. You guys gotta have love for the folks. Yeah, we recording right now, February 7th, you know, uh, making it through this 2021. How you feeling? Snowy like Sunday. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right now, for those that's listening, I don't know where y'all at. We in, uh, you know, central Illinois. Bullshit. Bruh. What, what, we looking at negative five right now? Maybe. And it's cold as shit. Cold, y'all. But, you know what? We still here and we on fire. Hells in North America. Yeah, the hells in North America. But we on fire, though. Right. So, you know, when you're on the fire this time, you stay a little warm, you know what I'm saying? So, we definitely going to try to keep the heat coming for you. Um, thank you for being back with us. Always remember, like, share, you know. Check out the various past episodes and check out the ones that's going to be coming in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, today, we're going to talk about a lot of little different things. Got a lot of little uh, uh, current events and the news right now that we're going to deal with. Uh, um, and as usual, you know, we're going to address some issues that we didn't dealt with before in the past with uh, uh, those BLM folks. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like, a, uh, what, what I want to call it, a constant tear, a constant breakaway. From just break people breaking away, just like, you know, it, left and right. So it, It's important that we keep the new, you know, that we keep our perspective and keep you know, people updated on this news. You know, a lot of the stuff is hard to traffic through. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is, uh, you know, not everybody is tuned in to the right places where you can pick up on it. So hopefully our, uh, you know, analysis is helpful to y'all and just, you know, us uh, keeping this news going uh, because there are developments, there are, you know, different changes, you know, uh, many layers to this Black Lives Matter movement, this era that we're in. So, uh, yeah, all right, this time we're going to keep it going. Uh, but we're going to start uh, off episode 24 with uh, This Week's Fire. This so, Week's uh, Fire. What we got for him uh, this week, Akeem? Uh, we got the uprising in uh, St. Louis. Um, the brothers there, for whatever reason, political prisoners, decided to uprise, cause a little uh, uproar on the plantation. And uh, I don't really ever have any problem with people causing problems on the plantation. Yeah. Uh, we checked out the little footage on it. You know, they had an Uncle Timer. Hmm. Can't remember his name. What was it? The uh, city safety guy? Whatever yeah, his city name. safety director, something yeah. like that, for St. Louis. Yeah, he had him on there. He talked a little bit. Hmm. But anytime I see the people rise up against a mask, that's fire. Mm-hmm. Now, what really caught my, my attention when we was watching that interview with this so-called brother, you know what I'm saying, city safety director. You know, it, he had to be brought to uh, even admit that they had uh, any complaints about how COVID was being handled in there. Yes. You know, at first he just described them as basically deranged, violent individuals. Yeah. Inmates. You know, that were just, uh, you know, because they're abnormal, you know, can't help but behave violently. He didn't sound like a nigga, but anyway. You know what I'm saying? But, of course, you can imagine what it's like, you know, being locked up. And uh, especially within this system, while COVID mm-hmm. and the pandemic is going on, people in there and the institution not caring about your well-being. I mean, you see the brothers in there; they using whatever they got to cover their faces. Not you like know. they got face masks. They probably tearing up clothes and everything. But it's I mean, it's like this. It's the same, you know, type of unrest and 
and conditions that you gonna get we was getting in the plantation. And after a while, you know, we get tired and you know to do it and it, 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 you know sometimes you see that happen, you know, uh, at uh, prisons like major prisons. But this is like right there in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if it's East St. Louis or St. Louis, but you know you always gotta you know. Anytime somebody giving it to the man, I I don't have a problem with it. You know At what I'm all. Saying? At all. So congratulations to them. Yeah, much love to the brothers yeah. there, and you know, much protection to them. Um, yeah. They will definitely uh, be facing you know repression, Reprimand, backlash, reprimand to the fullest. You uh, know, you it's know. gonna be a lockdown. Right. You know, uh, for a couple of weeks, if not months. You know, but pretty much when you do shit like that, and they do that, when when you when you locked up, you move with intention. So you already know what's coming. You know I'm gonna be I'm be in the hole for six months. So the least that we can do is raise up the struggles of our incarcerated family. Most definitely. Much much higher than yes. you know the movement uh, currently is. You know, and that that's a way to show solidarity. You know, to what they what what's going on right now. So yeah, uh, hopefully you know we did some of that here, but we're gonna keep them moving. You know, keep them moving. Shout out to the prisoners of war. Mm-hmm. So uh, next, Aki, let's let's talk about uh, real quick. Uh, I saw an article. I think it was in the People's World publication. Mm-hmm. It was about uh, Cuba and uh, how they're developing the uh, COVID nineteen vaccine. I sound like Cuba. Yeah, and uh, mm-hmm. what caught my attention about that article? It said that they're uh, approaching it from a socialist uh, perspective position. Oh. you know. So we already know about how Cuba is uh you know leading the way in terms of uh in so in, in so many ways in terms of giving aid to other countries yeah uh health aid and mm-hmm. other forms of aid to uh countries in need yeah you know um giving whatever they can we know Cuba's not a rich wealthy country yeah but uh you know as far as human resources they're very wealthy mm. um and uh, as we set up this conversation another thing that interests me about Cuba there's a number of states right now that uh, uh, the state governments, parts of the state government are petitioning the federal government to uh, take Cuba off of the terrorist nation list, hmm, basically, wow. so they can receive aid from Cuba. Once you hate us, now you love us when you need us, huh? You know, uh, educational aid, medical aid, and whatnot. I mean, well, you know, Cuba, man, has always been known for the producing good um, medical personnel. Nurses, doctors, surgeons, uh, a lot of African countries employ, which, you know, we know the connection there. But a lot of African countries employ a lot of, um, and European countries, some, employ a lot of uh, um, medical professionals from Cuba. Uh, Of course, you know, the United States and our relationship with them, you know, that's going to be a tough task to break. What what is United, what do we, what do Cuba got to give up? You know, to make that, to get, to do that deal. You know, because even though you may have people from the states going to them and get it, the United States ain't gonna be so quick to move like that. Because honestly, they want the power and the money that comes with having a vaccine. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah. you don't want, uh, especially if it's a solid vaccine. The, the thing about Cuba is Cuba produces solid, you know, medicine. You know, mm-hmm. um, they do it well. So. And what I got from the article, uh, and we'll put it in the description of this episode, uh, they're developing right now four different vaccines. Hmm. Some of them uh, custom fit, and you know I'm, I'm not going to be able to use their te- you know terminology, but some of them custom fit for people that had COVID-19 previously. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, so, I mean, it, I guess that kind of underlines how you know they have an advanced medical 
a research practice there and and uh, are able to are able to produce yeah. high level vaccines you know so uh and yeah, we they know definitely that, advanced in their type of research and stuff that they do there and it's not we and we know that as as far as profit making that's mm-hmm. not uh their yeah. directive like it is of private companies yeah uh you know within our country and how our economy operates so, yes uh big shout out to Cuba you know always you know land of land of Fidel Mm-hmm. Got to you know, got to show love to Cuba for Fidel. Shout out to the Conrad, the Sada down there, mm-hmm. and uh, Sister Nahanda too. Mm-hmm. You know, Rest in her peace. spirits down there. Rest in peace, Nahanda. Rest in peace. Uh, next on the agenda, you know, Sonny got to talk a little bit about the stocks. We've been seeing all this shit in this week and stuff about the stocks and mm-hmm. all of these things. You know, I don't know much about stocks. I don't really play with stuff like that. You know, mm-hmm. Sonny be over here doing his little investing thing. Mm-hmm. So. You know, put me he, out here like that. Yeah, I'm put you out there like that. So, you know, he know a little bit more. But I know people been up and up, bro. I've been seeing the, the white folks at the job shook and, and, the, and, the, and, my, and my little deli and my diner. They all, you know, a little shook. I'm like, what's going on here? I'm, hey, I ain't never, you know, b- before a lot of this stuff took off this year, mm-hmm. I ain't never paid too much attention to the market ah. or to invest in stocks, you know. But just seeing how... Uh, you know how much it moved society. You know this uh, this hmm. year, it got me interested in it. So uh, I mean, yeah, if y'all been seeing the news, y'all know. Um, you know, was uh, the ability for people to organize online and respond to some of the financial actions of uh, mm-hmm. the the hedge funds, the capitalist class. Wow. Um, you know, had it, that uh, it's definitely came to light in certain ways. You mm-hmm. know, uh, if you heard of Wall Street bets, that's a certain uh, online community of uh, middle class, upper class investors mm-hmm. that are not revolutionary. You know, or doing what they did for any radical mm-hmm. uh, reason. Mm-hmm. It was to make money. You know, and uh, maybe there is some opposition to the hedge funds that manipulate stocks. Yeah. Uh, but you know, they weren't doing it for radical reasons. But I, I think that uh, the moment does inspire some. Uh, and it ha- I think it has inspired some, I guess, uh, more willingness from people to consider, uh, you know, how, you know, how can we oppose, uh, you know, this beast in, in the market? You know, mm-hmm. is there, you know, uh, I mean, bringing hedge funds and, and, and big banks, you know, to for- possible foreclosure, mm. you know what I'm saying? And, and that's, uh, you know, what they got close, if not did. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And of course, some of these things take uh, months to play out. Yeah. Uh, you know, but, you know, it's something, we're, you know, we're going to follow. You know what I'm saying? It's, real quick, I, keep, I got told, because uh, you already, you know, gave it away. I, I did invest uh, just a, a few dollars. Mm. And uh, just to see how the market is moving, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just, just to see what's going on. And uh, somebody told me you were betraying your politics. Uh, <laughs> hold on, hold on. Say what? Say what? Say what? Say what? Did it say again? You're betraying your politics. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh I, think, I, I think I can guess who that was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. You betraying your politics. Yeah, like that's what I got told. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, hey, hey, I mean, hey, you know what I'm saying? You do, you could do all things in a little moderation. You know what I'm saying? But, uh. I mean, I, I was my, what I was thinking. I didn't get around to saying no, ha- having no real response. I, I said, I mean, for people, for people when they build up their retirements, they give it to funds and certain you know joints, mm-hmm. and they let other people put their money in the stocks and play in the market with their money. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I mean, it, it's people with an IRA and shit like that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like uh, they more hands off. But, yeah. 
that I mean, all that being said, uh, I definitely see it as a uh, a product uh, of this you know terrible capitalist society. Yeah. But I want to understand it more. That I'm definitely about that. Yeah. As long as you ain't putting nothing in there and hurting yourself, hell you're right. no. Hell, if, I said a few dollars. Yeah, I can't. You're doing know. that. You betraying your politics. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> hey. That's wild right there. But man, people been on people been, you know, up in a little uproar about that though. Um, you know. I think it's more of one of them situations where it's like, you know, a lot of people really believe in the illusion. They believe in the they believe in the lie. They mm-hmm. believe in the trick knowledge. And then when you find out that the knowledge that you've been given about how to do something or how stuff's supposed to work is a lie. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? Now you're in an uproar. So as long as this thing was jumping off fine and every and, and and everybody can get over robbing the 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 majority, it was all right. But now, you know, the dirty work come out. When your dirtiness come out, you know I, what I'm saying. I mean, I I I definitely think that the uh, the ignorant position would be to believe that the stock market is somehow actually reflective of our uh, you know community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. That would be a mistake to think that, uh, or or, or that that is reflective of the actual state of the economy as people, the working class, experience it. Yeah. This is more so the uh, anxieties of the uh, elite that yeah. the stock market is yeah. really measuring. So. Because the average person can't just sit there and invest money like that in the stock market. You got to put a little bit of cash here and there to get it to where it's, you 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 want it to where you can do you know those type of things. Uh, but uh. That's sort of how it flows, though. Mm-hmm. You know, when we when we maneuvering and and and, and making stuff happen and and um, you know trying to invest, trying to make a, an investment in, in a product, you take risk. Mm-hmm. Um, some people speak of the situation. Like, I got it in, I got my money out faster. But then some people couldn't. They, it was too late. They couldn't get it out. They were locked in. Some people wanted to do things with it and they couldn't. So. You know, I, it, it's forcing me to have to look into it a lot more. It's forcing me to have to check it out a lot more and um, learn a little bit more about stocks because it ain't never really been my thing. Um, it's never been much of a of an um, option for me. I mean, um, whether I choose to play around with it or not, it's never been a real option for me to do it. So, I mean, you know, Let's see what it does. Let's see what happens. But see, and I think this is what's changing things too with the technology. Now you can go in to the market and play around with fifty dollars, a hundred dollars. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I mean the barriers to enter the market now is gone. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's where a lot of the drama is coming from. Like uh anybody app, can get in. Apps like Robinhood, you know what I'm saying, they allow you to trade for free. Mm-hmm. With no commissions. Nah. You know what I'm saying? And that's a totally, a radically different thing. Yeah. Uh, to have an app to do that uh, with uh, only $50, $100 uh, deposit. Mm. You know what I'm saying? This is a, uh, it's a radically different thing that the market is experiencing. And that might be what it is, is that this whole thing is going through, I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, I'll just say it, it's capitalism breaking down. For but, sure. And, I mean, and the, one of the contradictions is the reason that Robinhood, the app is free is because they sell their consumers' data 
to the hedge funds. Mm. You know, so hedge funds can make better decisions. Hedge funds are funding apps like Robinhood to collect oh. consumer data. Okay, then. But it's funny when the consumers that they're collecting data on are plotting against them uh, for the uh, financial manipulation that they're doing. But uh, real quick, Aki, uh, let's take a break right here Mm -hmm. and come back, and uh, we'll come back and talk a little bit more about BLM and uh, Biden-Harris. Gotcha. All right, peace. Peace. Hold on. Here we go. Make sure we're on, bro. (laughs) Hey, welcome back, y'all. What's happening, y'all? You see that, uh, you know, we are kicking in some different gear. You know what I'm saying? Last uh, Yesterday, we ran into some uh, schedule conflicts. It, it was snowing like shit outside, bro. It was yeah. going down. Yeah. And, uh, you know what I'm saying? We had to make some moves, you know what I'm Had saying? to make some moves. Yeah, we had to make some moves. Yeah. So, uh, but we back in it today to finish things up. Hope y'all doing well. It's now February 8th. And, uh, Aki, how you feeling today, bro? I'm feeling all right. Cold as shit. Yeah. As usual. But, yeah. you know... Uh, as a Southern man, I, I I I do learn how to. Well, as a Black man, I learn how to adapt. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm dealing with. It. I'm feeling alright today. You know, got me a little tea over here. I'm sipping on, so I'm alright. That's what's up, Aki. I'm feeling good too, bro. Uh, Monday, ready to get the day. You know, the week started off right. Got the push so call later today. Uh, so I'm gonna holler at the boys. Ah, uh, that's what's up. You know, what I'm saying we're gonna get it in. I but, see y'all hit me up on Clubhouse the other day too, man. I was at work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we, we get it in randomly sometimes. Yeah, how's that you know work? I'm like, oh, they clubhouse are over here. Okay. Hey, but if you can just hop in and just listen in, you know what I'm saying? That's one cool thing about clubhouse. You ain't even got to talk. You it all depends on if I'm in that truck. If oh, I'm yeah, in that no. truck, I put the earphones in and go hell. Yeah, yeah. Just hopefully I don't slide back into nothing with this ice out here. <laughs> yeah, for real, bro. Be real. Be real. All right, so, uh, man, what, what are we going to talk about uh, in the second part today, bro? We're going to talk about uh, BLM. Mm-hmm. Again, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, you know we go touch more on, a, you know, on some recent events that just took took place, some things that we ran across, um, you know, and we're gonna explore that a little bit, you know. Um, this new uh information pretty much came from uh Black Lives Matter Inland Empire, that's in California. I didn't know where it was at either, but it's in Cali, and uh, they have uh pretty much. You know, broken away from the Black Lives Matter Global Network, mm-hmm. uh, just like the Black Lives Matter Ten, mm-hmm. those ten chapters that broke away, and they pretty much broke away for some of the same reasons. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, we're gonna explore that a little bit. And so that brings up, you know, some questions of organization, true leadership, uh, 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 politics, uh, politics, and its relation to revolution. You know, so we'll bring up a lot of different subjects. We're gonna go yeah. a lot of places. With I mean, this today. it's good to keep, you know. Uh, everybody and ourselves too on point with just the recent news and you know the movement the struggle as it exists you know oh yeah and uh, even if you know as we talked about before BLM might not represent the the interests or the voice of the black community uh, but it's still important to keep you know track of mm-hmm. uh, but yeah let's go ahead and get started so uh, this is a letter that was that was published like you said by uh, what was formerly uh, the Black Lives Matter Inland Empire so, um, yeah, let's go ahead and get started with it, Aki. We're not going to read the whole thing. Uh, we we encourage you to seek it, out, seek it out. We'll drop a link to it in the description of this episode. Yes. But, uh, yeah, go ahead and kick it off, Aki. Uh, okay, uh, yeah, we've got a little letter right here written um, from this chapter. Um, and um, I'll proceed to start reading with it. Um, 
Black Lives Matter Inland Empire announced its departure from the Black Lives Matter Global Network, highlighting several grievances and perhaps calling attention to the need for movement leaders and members of the movement organizations to have broader conversations of transparency, collective organizing, and accountability. The following is a statement from Black Lives Matter Inland Empire. To our community, a group of Black Lives Matter chapters known as the Black Lives Matter 10 has come forward to voice their concerns and opposition to the global network. Those concerns, along with the egregious conduct of the global network, demonstrated on Dr. Martin Luther King's birthday, have brought us to the conclusion that continuing the conclusion that continuing to remain silent and be an act of will be an act of betrayal. While the issues and problems that have been raised have been well known within the circle for years, it prompted many questions and concerns for us locally. We like to let the community know everything outlined in the statement, but I mean in the statement out by the Black Lives Matter 10 is valid. We've also reached out to the Black Lives Matter 10 and offered a sign on to it, sign on and support. Hopefully we can provide insight, clarification into the chapter's history and our relationship with the global network and our commitments going forward. So, and real quick, the egregious uh, conduct they're talking about on Martin Luther King's Day. You remember what that was, Aki? Oh, yeah, the, uh, the, the, the booty shake on the, uh, on, 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 on the Capitol. Mm-hmm. She was dropping it like it was hot on the Capitol. And the American flag shorts, <laughs> you know. Well, you couple that with the booties to the poles. What the hell? Anyway. Yeah, we already we talked about that previous episodes, how, you know, liberal white America incentivizes the hypersexualization of our communities and our mm, politics. Who, like, on Martin Luther King's birthday, my man was a minister, man. You know, you come on. Anyway. All right, so uh, I'll continue. Uh, when Black Lives Matter Inland Empire first started, we were originally known as the Black and Brown Underground. In 2015, we, we were approached by an individual named Patrice Colors, who offered us an opportunity to join the global network and organize as a Black Lives Matter chapter. After hearing her proposal, we believe that our work, direction, and principles aligned and agreed to, and agreed to join the network renaming ourselves Black Lives Matter Inland Empire in the process. We were told that the organization we were joining was decentralized and leaderless, but we quickly discovered that uh, that was not the case. Excuse me one second. The Global Network is a top-down dogmatic organization that promotes certain chapters that choose to align with their direction and sequester the ones that don't. For us locally, that chapter has been Los Angeles. For years, the leadership of the Los Angeles chapter has aligned with the Global Network and One United Bank to impose on various chapters, particularly ours. We believe that while doing this, they receive substantial donations and funding, despite them continually, continually soliciting the community for donations. Together, the Los Angeles chapter, along with the, Black, the Global Network, have consistently tried to strong-arm other groups and have worked to undermine a grassroots movement by capitalizing on unpaid labor, suppressing any internal attempt at democracy, commodifying black death, 
and profiting from the same pain and suffering inflicted on black communities that were fighting the end, in spite of being ostracized, receiving no financial support, and the maltreatment from the Global Network and Los Angeles chapters, we've maintained our composure while working to the benefit of our community and victims of state-sanctioned violence. Clearly, we do not have the same beliefs or sense of ethics. We no longer feel, as we initially did, that our politics align. As a result, we are announcing that we are no longer associated or connected to Black Lives Matter Global Network as an attempt to distance ourselves, we have decided to rename part of our organization the Black Power Collective while we restructure. The use of Black Lives Matter name, which we believe was intended to unify our struggle, has been commodified and debased. It is now being used to sell products, acquire book deals, TV deals, and speaking engagements. We have no interest in these pursuits, and we are opposed to the movement to substitute black capitalism for white capitalism. It has become clear that the global network and certain figures have platformed our struggles with the sole purpose of exploiting our labor. Furthermore, the issue of the greatest concern for us in the relationship between the global network and the Democratic Party. This is a hypocritical at best. This is hypocritical at best. As the Democrat hypocrite, I'm sorry. Hypocritical at best. These words are small, like he. <laughs> Hypocritical at best. As the Democratic Party has historically rejected and ignored Black Lives Matter's demands and has made it clear that they are pro-police, pro-prison, and committed to capitalism. From Obama's support of the police and his double cross of Eric Garner to the top cop Kamala Harris' denial of justice for Matrice Richardson, even going back into the 1994 crime bill authored by Joe Biden along with the Prisoner Litigation Reform Act that stripped basic human rights from countless black people, the Democratic Party has literally created the conditions that led to the formation of this movement. Even now, the Democratic Party continues to support imperialism, killing African heads of state, bombing Somalia, abusing immigrants, including those of black diaspora and spreading the U.S. military throughout black and brown countries around the world. This is a party that is a threat to both. This is a party that is a threat both here and internationally. To ally with them is to ally ourselves, ally against ourselves. And I, I love that last sentence. To ally with them, the Democratic Party, is to ally against ourselves. I'll keep going. The BLM 10 statement calls out the lack of financial transparency and power moves by Patrice Cullors and others. The actions demonstrated by the Global Network have provided proof that the Global Network is essentially a steering committee acting in the best interests of various fractions within the Democratic Party. Mm. Uh, additionally, the creation of the Black Lives Matter Political Action Committee is a violation of our collective agreement. This agreement was composed of two rules. We do, we do not work with police, number oh, one, Number two, we do not endorse politicians. We had hoped that those rules would protect our struggle from being corrupted by the nonprofit sector or absorbed into the Democratic Party. However, it now appears that the same fate that many activist groups before us fell victim to is the same fate that the BLM Global Network are destined to face. They have not aligned, only aligned with the political party. They've used finances they've acquired from a massive uprising Hmm. during a global pandemic to create the aforementioned BLM Political Action Committee. Oh. And uh, this is, uh, remember, we talked previously off camera about the Time article that came yeah. out that interviewed many elites, both within the uh, 
political movement and the Democratic Party mm-hmm. that talked about their background and the business elite, yeah, that, uh, liberal elite that that talked about their background uh, backroom deals, yes, uh, that involved Black Lives Matter, yeah, to uh, support the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. So, and we can imagine how those deals are now paying out. This Time article is uh, something they that resi- both the left and right. Uh, ironically, uh, or, or maybe not ironically, uh, depending on how maybe politically astute you are, uh, have have criticized about uh, mm-hmm. you know uh, this uh, the liberal wing. They reaping they 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 reaping the benefits of the sellout. Right, <laughs> right, and uh, of course you know we have to uh, you know once again lift up you know and celebrate uh, the courageous actions of the BLM 10 and now Black Lives Matter in the Empire yeah. and raising their voice uh, mm-hmm. after these years you know about the corruption and the uh, you know really uh, traitorous actions of some yeah. of the leadership here you well, know yeah. allowing the movement to become corrupted by the same forces some of the same forces that corrupted uh, previous movements I mean I keep, I'm gonna keep it real man I uh, we called this Hell, we was calling this before the the podcast. For sure. So oh, for sure. Um, I mean, for those that don't know, I was a former member of Black Lives Matter, the Champaign Urbana chapter, here locally. I, I was did. one of the founding members of that chapter. You don't and, say that on the radio. And, and then, <laughs> and then you know, I noticed. Uh, I mean, some of our chapter members attended some of the national convention, national meetings. Yeah. And we're more in contact with uh, the national chapter. And what, every time they reported back, it sounded to me like, okay, this is a top-down, uh, uh, totalitarian-type organization that is totally in contradiction to uh, its stated principles of being leaderless huh. and, and, and being democratic. And uh, that's why I got out of it after not even being in it a year, and and, and invested more into you know Black Students for Revolution. Yeah, man, my shoe, my old Earth, she set me up, mm-hmm. set me up, had me come on down to North Carolina. Say, I want you to go to a meeting with me. Go to the meeting. And I think she knew I was gonna pop it off. What year is this? Cause I'm. This was probably like an. Uh, this is where I met you. No, no, I knew you then. I told mm-hmm. you about this incident. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And um, we went there, and uh, nah, it ain't what it is. Mm-hmm. It ain't what it is. I've, I mean, I've seen some brothers, too, put out a Black Lives Matter meetings before. But, you know, I ain't even want to go there because it was some bullshit I was hearing up there. Mm-hmm. The leadership wasn't what it was supposed to be. Uh, uh, it, it, it just seemed something completely different to me. And to look at it and analyze it now, it was like, this ain't... This ain't the community that they're talking about. I didn't see that representation in there. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes on the streets I've seen it when they was marching and stuff like that, but in the meetings, nah, nah. So, uh, but we we've been calling them, and I just sort of looked at the the, the aesthetics that came behind it. Mm-hmm. And when I, it, when when you know the legacy of revolutionaries, I think you were able to look at that and see that. Even though there were good, solid people in those, in that organization, there were some the everyday uh, track and field members. A lot of them were good, dedicated activists, and a and lot are. of them held back from applying that real solid critique yeah. early on. That you know, now we're seeing some recovery from. Mm-hmm. But now, but going forward, we have to be more, uh, I think, uh, on point with uh, yeah. calling this out and, and, and cutting off some of this corruption 
before it can grow into the leadership of the struggle. I mean, I'm gonna keep it real. Marcus Garvey was known because he didn't take money from white folks. Mm -hmm. Government either. He may have made deals. He had a deal with the Klan. Like, listen here, y'all act right, we gonna act right. Y'all get out of line, we gonna get out of line. Mm -hmm. But there was no money being paid. You know? And he said he didn't do that because to, to take money means they own your movement. Mm -hmm. You know? Raise everything indoors. And you don't do it with politicians either. Like that. You know what I'm saying? But... <laughs> So now, totally devoid of any democratic decision-making based on the grassroots chapters whose labor they rely on, <laughs> Patrice Cullors and the other leaders, however diverse they may be, yeah. of Black Lives Matter, started a political action committee directly opposed to the two principles of, of agreement. Don't fuck with the pigs. <laughs> and what was the other one? And, and do not endorse politicians. Don't endorse politicians. You know, and uh, yeah, I guess the third one needed to be spelled out spelled out for these motherfuckers. <laughs> Don't take white money. But, uh, you know, uh, hey, man. Man, we got to do better. That's all I got to say. We've we had will. too many examples of this shit. Through the years, I keep. Got too many revolutionary movements that we didn't see go. And then come and go and be infiltrated and, 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 and turn sour. I think it's now, man, they're using black power as a fad, man. It's always, people have always came in as a fad on um, black power, um, especially when you take the cultural aspect of it and you, you, you bring flavor and style and uh, slogans and, and, and everything else that come with it. And, you know, people want to be a part of something. Um, hey, look, white people love black power when Beyonce's wearing it for the Super Bowl hop time. Exactly. And the coat wasn't made by a Negro. They, they like that, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And I, this that's nothing directly against Beyonce. Yeah. But, I mean, that's when they like it. And, yeah. But some people, too many people latch on to that, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And... Uh, you know, and you see academics, you see politicians, you know what I'm saying? All type of black middle class folk with a platform using the aesthetic of black power, the aesthetic of black nationalism, uh, the aesthetic what, of blackness. I'm going to tell you what that is to you me. You know, for individualism. To me, that's modern, what they call modern day woke. Yeah. To me, that's woke culture. Yeah. Um. Like, it's all aesthetic Um. to me. Um. I remember... Early 90s, at least mid 90s, not early, mid 90s. That's when I got it, mid 90s. We was encountering, I knew people that I came in this with, and it was really because at the time there was a lot of black power going on in the hip hop culture. There was a lot of uh, um, hotep in the hip hop culture. I don't really like that term. I say conscious movement. It was a lot of conscious rap out. You know what I'm saying? So, a lot of people were getting it in just because of the fad. It wasn't mm -hmm. that they was already that, and that enhanced them. Mm -hmm. You know, they were just getting in. So when that sort of phased out, and you know, we started getting people started getting more into the uh, the master P and stuff like that. They went that same route. They took the locks out. They wasn't walking around with books no more. You know what I'm saying? They put the golds back on, and you know, it is what it is, and they don't talk no more about that shit. They wasn't reading the books they was carrying with him anyway. I know a brother, he walked around with a book all the time. And every time I asked him, what's in that what, what book you reading, bro? He didn't. You really see it with Black Lives Matter. They're not in tune with the hearts and minds of our people. And I, and I think the statement from Black Lives Matter in the Empire just about, you know, how can you take the money that is delivered to your organization from a grieving people in a pandemic 
and deliver it to the Democratic Party via political action committee. You know, that's a, that, that is a hell of a grievance that, you know, more of us need to, you know, reckon with. And, you know, and, and uh, you know, I guess, you know, it's time to move on from Black Lives Matter. As a I, think, well, I think the reason why they dig is just is because of what they believe. Mm-hmm. So you got to remember, you got black power, but you also got black nationalism. Mm-hmm. People love to talk to black power shit, but they don't ever want to speak on black nationalism. And so the catch really is with that is this. They believe to some extent in working with the system. Mm-hmm. Black nationalism, revolutionary black nationalism, quite different we like to think so yeah that is a, a break from the system setting up a whole new system your system it's it's not the same as trying to go into a larger system and specifically the oppressor system and what's really i, I agree 100 percent Aki. And so what's re- this what, is a different in thought what's really unfortunate with it is when you see so-called revolutionary black nationalist organizations so-called mm-hmm trying to maneuver in a way to benefit from the status of these reactionary Black Lives Matter formations. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and, I, because, I mean, I, I think to win the hearts and minds of our people, we need to raise up the righteous critique that the people feel about Black Lives Matter. Yeah. I mean, you see it in the grassroots chapter. I mean, yeah. now 11, 12, 13, how many, uh, what, 15 chapters now? Yeah. Uh, of Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. ha- ha- have came out yeah. against the global network. What? I mean, when is the revolutionary Black nationalist organizations mm-hmm. going to going to mirror that critique? Well, I say this: they need to. Um, when I don't know. I mean, I say this: that that is an issue right now in itself, and that's the question of the day: mm-hmm. when. But the point is, it's like, what is the condition right now of revolutionary black nationalists? The formations that uh, we have in the United States, um, or the black nationalists, just in general. What is the what is the state of them? You know, if they disunified, disgruntled, and ain't together, and a lot of them could possibly be infiltrated, hmm. whether it's ideologically, right. Or financially, hmm. you know, uh, because I don't think they do. They, well, I, I, I still believe they put agents in groups. I still believe that to the fullest. Mm-hmm. But uh, that none of them pose a threat. And and this is and, and to some extent that's a reflection of the people. Because what if Black Lives? Would, do you think Black Lives Matter would get the love they get if they was out here talking about having fights with the police? They had two, three shootouts with the police already. Four, five shootouts all over the random cities. Do you think they would get the... They wouldn't... The real talk, they're not getting the support of the masses. Because it's the masses, the black people didn't support the Panthers when they were doing it. And, you know, that Time article... The hood did, but not the the masses. That Time article lays out the fact that some of these party... The party-like atmosphere taking place at poll lines and protests. Yeah. Some of that was planned... With the Mark Zuckerberg, you know what I'm saying, and, and some of these backroom deals. Make the nigga shake their ass. Come on, bro. I mean, <laughs> as far as recruiting black people to engage in that type of foolishness, I mean, and, and we, we've talked about some of the black organizations that get off on that, portray themselves as legitimate activist organizations, yeah. but are really, uh, you know, uh, you know, paid, uh, you know, uh, enterprises, you mm-hmm. know. 
business enterprises more so. I always say this seems like they use sometimes culture against black folks. Oh, yeah. It's a cultural war going on. You know, and I, when I say that, meaning like this, black folks is the type of people, if you make music and it's loud, a party can pop off real fast. It can pop off real fast. It can go to, it can, it, it, we could be chilling, and the next thing you know, people dancing and shit like that, and then they take some shit like that and, you know, bring it to a pole. You know, you, 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 you like. Well, you know what Pastor Kanye said. What did he know, say? In the recent years. What did he, he said, say? He said the 808 the, you know, part of like the devil music, demonic type shit. <laughs> Just the, the, the low frequencies that they, uh, mm -hmm. I guess, uh, exhibit and both, yeah. uh, I guess, encourage within us. Yeah. Uh, you know, he he made some type of, you know... A statement like statement that. Like I've that. heard it before. I've heard uh, that before. And, um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, literally, though, bro, that's real talk. Oh, yo, you want to keep... You want to get the people to the polling station? Yeah. God forbid the, the election or whatever it is is in the summertime when the weather's good. God forbid that. Because all you got to do is get some... get Go to the right spot, put some icicles out... I mean, some uh, popsicles out there for them kids and let the music bump and put a bouncy house out there. And they coming. And it's it's messed up to have to say that they coming, and I think they use music, that type of stuff. Music is, is music has that pull on us. That's yeah, why, I yeah. Mean, and, they and use that against us. Now, music, the music that we heard used to be decided by the community. Yeah, by a tight knit community. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Before the modern age, industrialism, yeah. capitalism. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think how how did we come across music for most of our history as African people? It was from the community. Yeah, we now it's from capitalist corporations. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So the fact that you know the type of vibrations that uh, you know harm us or can be utilized by fucking Democratic Party, you know what I'm saying. It, it's not it's not surprising music can be that powerful. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And, and, <laughs> and I mean, a lot of us see niggas dancing and think, all right, this is a vibe. Yeah, and you know here's the problem: they not even it's not even something they doing consciously. Right. It's just, it come on. Exactly. That's my joint right there, dog. You know what I'm saying? They play some shit that you used to listen to in high school, and next thing you know, you, you caught up. And, it's, and it don't mean that you, you know, it is, it's, nothing, it's nothing necessarily bad about that, but it's like... I think it's just part use... of a wider propaganda machine yeah. that, the, that the liberal elites, black elites are engaging in. It's like, it's like booty to the pose. Mm -hmm. It's like, exactly. the, you know, the twerk on the White House, or the twerk on the, um, the uh, state capitol, exactly. which I don't really give a shit. About you twerking on the state, the state capitol, but I'm mad that you did that in honor of Martin. Like you didn't do it in a way that was disrespectful to my, the capital. Look, my my point is this: it, is it more about taking up space to integrate into a society, or are you trying to decolonize a society? Yeah, I don't think that was a decolonial ass shake. Yeah, that I mean, in, in the American flag. Shorts, you know. Wait, what I'm wait, what's she about? Not, not, it wasn't about political decolonization. And it, yeah. It, there, there are ways that it could have been approached. To be yeah, that. that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, it could have, it could have been a straight up, like, like a straight up. I'm finna shake my ass on the White House. I'm here. I ain't going nowhere. You know, it could have been a disrespect. You know, well, how do you, am I saying? It? Yeah, yeah. Fuck that. I am. It could have been a disrespectful. It wasn't. It was disrespectful to Martin Luther King. It wasn't. It wasn't like it was disrespectful to the actual damn the, the capital. Mm -hmm. I don't mind the disrespect to the capital. Like go go twerk on that bitch, throw red, black, and green up all on it, seawalk on it. You know what I'm saying? Spray it, spray paint it if you need to. I'm cool with it. You know what I'm saying? If that's what you're taking it. But man, when you get out there, you just twerking and yachting everybody like just Martin Luther King birthday. So that's the Martin Luther King birthday twerk. 
That's the new dance, the Martin Luther King, MLK twerk. MLK. I I just don't like the philosophy of us trying to take up space or reclaim, it, like trying to acclimate white people to our presence. Any type of politics that are trying to acclimate white people to our presence, I'm not for it. Yeah, like nigga, we here, and 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 and, and this is something that I and I made this argument with Pan Africanists, and because I hate that too, Aki. Mm. I'm like nigga, we've been here. We was here when this the United States was founded. Mm-hmm. We don't, we shouldn't have we we ain't got the uh, uh, acquiesce a coattail to nobody Res- at all. Respect nor irreverence yeah. will make white people love us yeah, or yeah. accept us. Yeah, if you ain't like if you don't like us yet, and we've been here since you've been here. American flag suit and tie, American flag ass shaking. Why why is white people and their perceptions and their view? the basis of your politics. Why is that your reflection point? There you go. That's not, that's that's about integration. You know what I'm saying? That's what I mean. And that's not decolonial. You know what I'm saying? We need to decolonize our minds and, and you know, this society. But that goes back to the point I made when I was saying about black nationalism and their politics. Even though they talk to black power shit and they talk black, they don't, I don't, they, they, well, they don't profess to be black nationalists. Right. But from the black nationalist standpoint, we not trying. Like, we want our own shit. We beyond the, we, we beyond the um, integrate, mm-hmm. assimilation. Like, we, the black nationalists, like, I don't even believe that. We've been here all this time. Y'all ain't tried to make that happen. It ain't been no real sincerity. They truly, this generation is here, and it's starting to function. But the United States government ain't acting right. They ain't been, y'all don't want to get no reparations. Y'all don't want to talk about that shit. So here go. We do our own thing. That's where the black nationalist critique is at. Like, I'm not, I'm not gonna curse. We not, we we beyond the point now. Either, it, right now, it's like this: either we build by ourselves, or you pay us, or eventually we are gonna bang it out. <laughs> right. And I mean, and that's another positive sign from the Black Lives Matter and the Empire. Them changing the name to what the Black Power Collective. Exactly. You know, that's a good sign of you know. I guess getting back to those black nationalist revolutionary politics mm-hmm. that uh, can really serve our community and is going to raise our consciousness. Because I'm gonna keep it real, Aki. I believe that, like, and I say this again. I believe that the majority there's a lot of Black Lives Matter members mm-hmm. who were sincere black activists. Whether they some of them were nationalists, some of them were socialists, some of them were none of that. There was a lot, and a t- probably the majority mm-hmm. of the membership were solid people who wanted to get involved. In a movement. Mm-hmm. Um, the difference is this. There was no alternative. Right. For them. See, when you had the civil rights movement, you had the black power movement. You had, you had Malcolm over here doing this thing with the nation. You, the black national movement was here. Mm-hmm. Whether you wanted it under the brand of the nation Islam or whoever. Mm-hmm. you get They was there. So if you wasn't feeling the civil rights movement under Martin Luther King, you could jump on over here and get you some nationalism because you would acquiesce a little bit more with that. When Black Lives Matter hit, who else was there? Where was the prominent black nationalist organization? The only ones I can say that I seen um, really challenging them was the Euro movement. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Out of uh, out of uh, Florida, mm-hmm. uh, Ch- uh, Chairman O'Malley. I-, I did see them taking it there with them. And that was probably the most well-known um, uh, black nationalist, revolutionary nationalist format, f- uh, front here. That was actually, and the whole teppers, mm-hmm. the whole tep community was going hard on them. So there was no alternative for them to really 
You know, nobody they, all these a lot of these guys winning it and people went into it thinking that it was what it was and they were trying to actually make a sincere change. And then they start thinking back to the shit they studied and read as black nationalists and being in some other formations and stuff like this. And now nah, they don't add up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just not their politics. It's just not their politics. But you know that I mean uh, So with that being said, I mean we about thirty minutes in right now, Aki. So it's going to, uh, you know, going to start wrapping up. Is there any, uh, I guess, last comments on the second segment? You know, talking about Black Lives Matter, uh, Patrice Cullors' leadership. You know, I think we can uh, save some of the updates on, you know, Biden and Harris for uh, next episode. So we could do that. Yeah. We could do that. Uh, you know, as y'all see, we on camera now. Mm-hmm. So you know, this is like a, this is our first time doing this. I may look like I'm a little camera crazy right now. <laughs> Tell me how I look. You know, but uh. Yeah, we're going to try to expand, do some different things, do some different shit, you know. Uh, we still going to do it the old-fashioned way sometimes, you know. Um, except we might have Dragon Ball Z in the background for some visuals for you, you know. <laughs> Let you see Vegeta dropping fireballs and powering up for six episodes, <laughs> you know. But, uh, yeah, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, you know, once we release this, y'all tell us what we think. We might try to tweak up some things. We're going to get it together, you know, trying to do some other stuff. I'm trying to get to where we got the whole green screen going in the background. And we just doing this show on the now, on a boat on the now river with the Sphinx in the background. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to get there, Aki. With the traditional garb on. With the traditional garb talking this shit right here. With spirit. <laughs> talking this shit right here with my joint. You know what I'm saying? With my joint. That's that's what we want to get to when we got the big green screen. All the way right. Pan-African. Back, back to the roots. <laughs> Pan-African. Pan-African in the day's time and under. But, you know, we, we going to get it there. We going to get it there. All right, new African brothers and sisters, family. You know what I'm saying? Much love. Thank you for joining us for episode 24. And, uh, yeah, I think, Aki, you wrapped it up well. I think we good. Peace out, y'all. Peace. Free land. Free land.